2: Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk baseball. Thank you, Dave Slate, and welcome to another Baseball America podcast. Our podcasts are sponsored by Baseballism, the official off-the-field brand of baseball, offering apparel for men, women, and kids. New apparel is now available to celebrate two great American traditions, baseball and summer. Go to Baseballism.com and enter the code BA2017 to receive 20% off your order. And that is BA2017 is the code at baseballism.com. And uh, guys, it's been a rollicking day in the Baseball America office today. I'm John with JJ and Kyle Glazer. And JJ, I that we all kinda just kinda uh, knew that there was gonna be an active trade deadline, but I don't think we thought it would start during the All-Star break. Uh, But the Cubs, I guess, deploy a, a strike first mentality here and consummate their first trade with the White Sox since 2006, um, I think Jose Quintana greater than Neil Cotts.
0: And the thing that's just struck me, literally, as you were asking that question, is is when you talk about deadline deals, the Cubs have now been involved in the three biggest prospect deadline deals at the deadline that I can think of in the past in this decade, 2010 on. And I maybe I mean this is off the top of my head, but. Because I remember when they traded, Addis, you know, when they traded to acquire Addison Russell, back when they were in sell mode, Samarja and uh, right. and Hamill for Russell. What stood out about it is is that very rarely do you see a guy of that caliber traded at the deadline. It's a little different when Moncada gets traded in the offseason. That was a rarity. You wrote about it at the time, but like wow, you don't a really see
2: a t- high level prospect being traded like this. Right? And that worked
0: out really well for them. Yeah. And then last year. They traded a top 10 prospect glaber torres and they get a aroldis chapman and we have to say so far but it doesn't matter what happens anything further it worked out for them if you're the cubs you win a world series that is the most important thing that could have ever happened for the cubs so nothing matters glaber torres could end up being Derek jeter and that's a good trade for the uh you know for the cubs and now they trade our number five prospect right now, you know, Eloy Jimenez, and uh, wow, I mean, for one, it is a wow. It's a wow because also that they've had they've had the ammunition to do this. I mean, not many teams have the ammunition to trade a top five to flash ten guy last
1: year and turn around and do the same thing again the next year. And it really goes back to, we talk about prospects being such a valuable commodity and they are for bringing in your own big league club. But if you look at most of these championship caliber teams over the years, they've had to mix, okay, there's some prospects we've brought up and there's some prospects we traded away that helped us win games kind of indirectly. And I think for the Cubs right now, they're coming off a world series. They want to keep the momentum going. They're still a good young core. Eloy Jimenez is a fantastic prospect personal favorite of mine you know I had him ranked as high as five in our preseason rankings you know Dylan Cease a hard thrower I mean these are elite guys there's no question about it but Jose Quintana we talk about frontline cost-controlled pitching is the single most valuable commodity in baseball and you're not going to get that unless you're willing to part with elite young talent and we see that every single year so for me this deal makes makes sense for the Cubs. You talk about they've had a lot of problems at the back end of their rotation. All of a sudden, if you can go into the postseason with Lester, Arrieta, Quintana, you know Kyle Hendricks, and Eddie Butler has been really good this year as your five, you don't have to worry about are we pitching you know an end of his career John Lackey. To me, this just strengthens the Cubs as a whole, and they didn't mess with the major league product. So for me. There were questions about, like, and you mentioned this in your write-up, JJ, is Kyle Schwarber going to be the left fielder of the future versus Eli Jimenez? But when you have a guy in the majors who's young, affordable, even if he's struggling a little bit, you believe in his track record, you're going to move the prospect below him. And I think the Cubs did well and I think the White Sox did well.
0: The other thing that does strike me with this is, is that this goes back to something we've been talking about here for three, four years now, which is the advantage the Cubs have of having a young, cost-controlled lineup literally all the way around the diamond as far as position players. The fact that they went all-hitter over and over and over, what that has allowed them to do, they have shown that this works, which is, okay, we're good at catcher, we're good at first, we're good at second, we're good at short, we're good at third, we're good in center. Okay, maybe not so good in right, but we're kind of stuck with that guy because we paid
2: him salary in the game. We,
0: we paid him a ton of money for a long time, and we're good and left because the reality of it is, is that they've got Schwarber and they've got bouncing around the you know the outfield and the infield. Ian Happ, right? They're what that allows them to do, they can not only make this trade from the standpoint of we can give up Glaber Torres, we can give up Eloy Jimenez, but they can do so and they don't even need right now. Eloy, because they've got someone who's really expensive that they need to move.
2: They can always go find a John Jay or someone like that to be a reserve. All their frontline starters are so young.
0: So, and we didn't even mention, you know, we didn't even mention that they've got kind of they've got extra because we talk about that. They've got Baez and they've got Zobrist. Like they have, right. you know, when you say they're good at second, they they're
2: Zobrist. doubly good at second,
0: right? So, but what that means is. Is that they were able to go out, like you said. The key thing is cost controlled, who they now have is a key part. This is not we're making one push to make to win it in 17. This is a trade for them that's about 17 and 18. It's just four year win and 19. And 20. And Quintana is more valuable to the Cubs over those four years than Eloy Jimenez. No matter how good Eloy Jimenez can be for the For the Cubs, their concern is more who's going to be our starting pitchers than it is how are we going to score runs. Because the scoring runs part, they should have. Although their
1: offense hasn't been all that great this year, but over the long term. It's
2: actually been worse. They're 19th in the major leagues in runs scored. They're 17th in the major leagues in starter ERA. (laughs) So they, they, they needed help in both, but the help in their lineup should come internally. They should be better. And really what this is, both short-term and long-term, is a bet on Kyle Schwarber. And that's what they're betting on. And this is two years in a row that they've agreed to trade other guys, but they have not wanted to trade Kyle Schwarber. They wouldn't trade him with the Yankees last year, even when he was hurt. They would rather part with Gleyber Torres. And that is surprising when you think about, it feels like the game is in this direction, guys, where everyone's hitting for power, so the more well-rounded players are more important to find, Glober Torres is certainly a more well rounded player, but he does not have that seven on the car that you're looking at with a Kyle Schwarber, who could be seven hit, seven power. Mm-hmm. So two years in a row, the Cubs have really banked on Kyle Schwarber, it paid off for them last year. Uh, we'll see if it does this year where the guy's got seventy eight strikeouts and two hundred and seventy seven plate appearances.
1: It hasn't been good, but one thing you mentioned. It's been awful. It's He's been, been aw- awful yes. this year. Uh, to be I was trying to be a little kinder, but I think I'll, I'll
2: tell Kyle to his face if he ever comes around. But I will, I will
1: say one of the things that's interesting that you brought up, John, is this big trade the day after, you know, early. It's not like they wait till July 31st. And this is the second year in a row. Obviously, not the trade the same magnitude, but what happened the day after the All-Star game last year, we saw Drew Pomerantz for es- Anderson Espinosa. We are starting how does to that see, work out? Right now, the Red Sox are, are saying, doing great. And that's, at this
2: time last year, we were like, what? What well, are we doing? And that's,
1: and that's why, again, you know, banking on low-A pitchers, no matter how promising they are, especially for cost-controllable arms, it, it's never a guarantee. It might still work out in the Padres' favor if Espinoza gets healthy, but it's one of those things where banking on low-A arms, you should never do it. You should be cautiously optimistic at best. But moving back to this deal, I think we are starting to see some of the contenders or the teams that are maybe on the fringes of contending or wanting to contend making a move to elevate themselves earlier. They're not waiting till July 31st. They're not mm-hmm. saying... Let's give it another, not always at least, you know, 15, 20 games. Let's try and make our move now. We saw that with the Red Sox last year. We're seeing it with the Cubs this year. And in some ways, they can set the market. Hopefully, I think if it all works out, you can say, oh, we because we weren't having to follow all these other trades, we set the pricing and maybe we were able to underpay for a guy.
2: And it's interesting also, JJ, last year at the winter meetings, we all heard, um ton of rumors, he was you know, the White Sox were very aggressive last year. They made the Adam Eaton trade, which certainly uh, you know, hasn't worked out yet for the, for the Nationals you next know, to Adam Eaton trading his knee, <laughs> um, which is unfortunate, obviously, for both Washington and for Adam Eaton. They haven't skipped the beat as a team. They've been very good. But that's a team that obviously needs to and will make a move. They've got to get, a, they've got to improve their bullpen. I don't think they can pin all those hopes on Seth Romero, um, which it'd be interesting if they did, <laughs> but I don't think they can. Um, but no, no. this You're is Eric, they, Fetty. Eric Fetty, Eric Fetty, Eric Fetty's their other one. That's right. That'd be, that'd be the baseball America way to handle your, uh, your bullpen in the postseason. It might not be the way to win a world championship. Um, but I'm standing by the fact that Rick Hahn and the, and the White Sox, a, they were able to, to bide their time. And I'm not sure if the package is the best package. It's a two person package. Really? It's yeah. Jimenez and Cease. No offense to Flete, and no offense to Matt Rose. Those are flyers. Those guys are. Those are one in
0: twenty. You know, if if you're right, if you're rolling a twenty-sided die, it's got to come up on the one.
2: All right, Dungeons and Dragons reference wasn't expected. That might be a first of the Baseball America podcast. I was not expecting that in any way. I, shape, I, or actually,
0: I, I, I have to be honest. For me, more of
1: military strategy games than using an island. Like like Panzer that. Leader, yeah. that, uh, did yeah. you ever have that game? Yeah. Stuff like that. I'm too. very, very lost right now. Yes. <laughs> I was not part of any of these, but but no, I, I do think it's it's one of those things where, you know, the packages. You know, Rick Hahn did come out and say this was the best offer they had, and the White Sox were wise. They waited until they got the offer they wanted, right. and that's the beauty sometimes. Of sometimes, I think you see these fire sale everything now and you vastly undervalue the guys you're moving. I like the way the White Sox are doing their rebuild because they're committed to it for the long haul, and they're saying, here's what we have, here's our price, meet it or don't, and they could afford to do that with Quintana because they had him on a good contract, and that's a credit to them.
0: That is the thing with this is is
1: that it's absolutely true. I,
0: I like the deal for them. At the same time, they had him for four more years. Like, this is... Again, I like the deal. It is something where when you have a guy for as long as they have him, three and a half, I should say, at this point, I guess, because we're halfway through the season. But if you're got him as long as they have him, it was conceivable that Quintana was going to be part of the next good White Sox team. He's
2: only 28.
0: Oh, yeah. So with all that, that's where I do think it's actually, like, it's kind of easy to have a patience with it, is that they really should be in the standpoint of, we are not making this move unless, I mean, to me, like when Todd Frazier, Todd Frazier is like more, they may, they're not, for one, they're not gonna get as good a price because he's not as good. But the other thing is, is that- He's a rental. The rentals they have are the ones that they have to trade because they don't do anything for David them. David
1: Robertson's
0: the right. guy. But I think it's a great thing for them is, is they're sitting here right now and we were having the debate in the office, like, okay, I personally, I am one who is very, when you say how the farm systems line up, give me the top 25 guys. That is way more valuable to me. You can talk all you want about an organization's depth. I want the uh, stars. I want the stars. That said, I don't think they've caught, like, I think the White Sox are now in the conversation for top farm system in the game. I don't think they've caught the Braves, even though they have two of the top five and the Braves have number 10 of one in the top 10.
2: But, I just about to say I'm stunned to hear you say that. I because know the Braves are the kings of death.
0: but the Braves also have I believe it is uh, six of our top 50. So that's those are <laughs> they still have a lot of guys at the they have you know six in our top 50 I think uh, yeah that's right so so they still have that but we're talking about a white sox system that hasn't traded Todd Frazier, hasn't traded David Robertson yet. when all that's said and done, the White
1: Sox could end up having the best farm system in baseball. Well, and I think what helps with them as well is it's layered. You have this great group of guys at AAA. You've got a good number of guys at A. Now with this addition of Eloy and Cease, your high A team at Winston-Salem, which just got Dane Dunning the other day, is going to be loaded. You add in, you know, Luis Robert, if he ends up, you know, moving over to Kanapolis. plus Extra all the true. recent all the recent draft guys with Jake Berger, who can really hit. Zach Collins, and I, and I think, and to me, that gives them an edge over some of these other teams who, it's all promising, but it's still mostly the A-levels are lower. Who, now, the Potters, I'm thinking, yeah, in, in but one yeah. case. But, so to, but I do think that... In terms of the Braves, you know the Braves are similarly layered. They've seen some of those guys come up, Sean Newcomb, some of their their upper guys. Um, I will say, I when I if I were to line them up, I generally may like the White Sox, you know, AAA setup. I, I would take Charlotte's group of prospects over Gwinnett's. Oh yeah, and that to me I think but, might elevate because a mix of high upside. And closeness, but I, but it's. But to it, me, they're, double they're a in the and conversation, it's not much difference than the conversation. Right, and that's closer. where, and that's where you know Mississippi Birmingham with you know, there, there's no question it's close. We're talking about two of the best. I think we'll see how it all shakes out at the end of this because the Braves have some pieces they could theoretically move as well. Okay, they're not going to. move the needle. They're, they're not. They don't have anyone right, to move but the needle. they But you know, if they flip Nick Markakis, get you know a flyer somewhere, you never know. I mean, I think. At right, the end, but they're,
0: they're, they're not. I, I would be shocked. I will just say this as a prediction. I'll be shocked if the Braves acquire a top 50 prospect in any trade they make between now and the deadline. Because I don't think that they have anyone. That's fair. You know, that's Whereas I talking. think that the White Sox...
2: Yeah, the Braves hoped they would have someone like that, but Bart Cologne didn't work out. Right. I Maybe mean, that's why they... They're, they're, the tradable them.
0: assets they have are more like they're Nick the R.A. Dickies, they're the Jaime Garcias, they're Nick Marquecas, it's Brandon Phillips. Those are all... I would put all of those as less than Todd Frazier, and I would say that David Robinson is going to land more than Todd Frazier. So
2: yeah, like Matt Adams to me, like if I'm the Yankees, I mean I don't know what that conversation is like, but Garrett Cooper is a flyer they acquired today from the mm-hmm, Milwaukee Brewers, Brewers for and I, Tyler Webb. Uh, Cooper is having a career year. I'm not trying to throw shade at Cooper. He's a decent player at Auburn. He's six six, right right first baseman who's not a premium athlete. Do I see him hitting big league pitching? No. Nah. I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be, I'll be shocked. Um, but and the Yankees You know, the Yankees already have that right, right first baseman. His name is Chris Carter. And, no, they released really him. DFA'd out. him, right. Yeah. I'm saying they tried that. So I would think they would go They're for... They're going G-Man Choi. I was actually surprised if they didn't try just sticking Miguel Andujar at third base and moving Chase Headley to first, see if Miguel Anduhart gives you some energy, see if he gives you some competent at-bats. But Matt Adams makes a ton of sense for the Yankees. Um, He's got postseason experience. Mm -hmm. He's got a left-handed bat. And, you know, Freddie Freeman at third base is kind of, you know, not going to really not That's suboptimal. So, yeah, exactly. It's suboptimal. So that's the one guy, I think, with the Braves who actually could maybe get a top 100 prospect. But I'm with you. They don't have anybody – Whereas the, the White Sox, I would be the shocked. The White Sox could still add more guys. I mean, Todd Frazier to the Red Sox makes all kinds I, I, of sense. I, I the Red Sox have a giant sucking hole at
1: third base. I think we can all agree that the White Sox are in a really good position. They've done a nice job layering the talent they've acquired. You know, I wrote about this, uh, my off-season story, right. how, you know, they got all these guys. And that was that wasn't by accident. That was by design. Hey, let's get some guys who can help us at AAA while also augmenting our stuff in the lower levels so you kind of create those waves. It's not all in one basket. Look, the White Sox, they've completely shifted. And give them credit, it's a lot of the same guys who for years were all about, you know, hey, we're gonna push, we're gonna push, we're gonna push, we're gonna trade our young prospects whose names were Chris Davinsky and Fernando Tatis and. Uh, you know uh, Trace Thompson and and some really Least, good. Guys. These are the guys
2: who traded for Dennis Ateez. That was just the last. Right, period. no, I know. So That's what I'm saying. So get, get. I forget what they got for Davinsky from Houston. Brett it's Myers like, deal. Brett Myers.
1: So I, I think for me, I, I I give a lot of these guys credit. You know, they've completely changed their entire organizational philosophy. They've executed it well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking about rebuilds and how long they take, and, and it probably will still be a few years before the White Sox are winning games at the major league level, which is the point of all this. It's not right, to win, right. you know, a rankings uh, award and win games at the big league level. But they're in really good shape to do it more quickly, I think, than some people give them credit for. Especially we're seeing now teams who are relying on younger talent are winning games earlier than we thought they would. The yeah. Yankees are winning. The, Cubs. the, the Rockies, the by the way.
2: two years ago, weren't expected to be – they weren't expected to be a 97 win team in 2015. So no, you're right.
1: The Yankees, the Rockies. I mean, so I, I do think that the White Sox have done a really nice job of selling what they, the players they had, to get guys who could help them. You know, instead of five years away, it might be two or three because we've seen younger talent have a bigger impact on the game faster now.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, one other thing I'll throw in here is the White, the the Cubs, uh, their 2014 draft. That was the last year of the bad old Cubs. Uh, They were still drafted high. I mean, the next year they drafted ninth. They only won 70 games in 2014, but um, this is when there was, you didn't know there was light at the end of the tunnel yet. You know, Chris Bryant was on his way to winning minor league player of the year, but that's the year they drafted Schwarber, fourth overall. Mark Zagunas, their third pick, has gotten to the major leagues. Dylan Cease was their sixth rounder that year, just traded, obviously, here. James Ferris was their ninth rounder, three grand, traded for Eddie Butler along with an international signing bonus. Uh, that's a pretty productive draft, but right now, really, most of the eggs are going in that uh, again in that Kyle Schwarber basket. I just think it tells you again how much confidence the Cubs have in Schwarber. JJ Schwarber or Eloy Jimenez next five years? Who would you? Who do I'll say seven years? I'll give Eloy a little bit more time. Who do you like then over the next seven years? Higher WAR, Eloy Jimenez, Kyle Schwarber. Eloy, Go.
0: Eloy Jimenez, and the reason I say that is is that because they're both left fielders at best. They're both left fielders. I think Eloy's going to be a better left fielder than Kyle Schwarber. Yes. I think he's going to be a significantly better left fielder than, than Kyle Schwarber because he's just e- – Eloy is a left fielder who can't throw enough to be a right fielder. Right,
2: and it de- definitely wasn't helped by the bone bruise in his right shoulder this year. <laughs> that definitely did not help his throwing.
0: And he's had a, ham, you know, he's had a hamstring issue. He's had – but he uh, – yeah, again, defensively, I don't think there's much of a question. I do see for the Cubs where the lefty bat fits better than the righty bat. You know, I, I, I do see that. But I just feel more comfortable. I think, I think Jimenez is one of the two hitters in the minors who you could go crazy and say could end up being 70 hit 70 power.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's him and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Like, there are other guys who rank up there with them who are hiding up.
2: Every once in a while, JJ, you've got to use the whole scale. My, my don't, don't short don't short Vlad Jr. Don't shorten that possible eight. I may get there. I'm not there Ta- yet. I talked to a scout today yeah. who said that he hasn't done it yet, but he's thinking about it.
1: So I will say this, and this is part of the whole looking around at what's available out there. We talk about the Cubs picking Kyle Schwarber. Well, there's a report out there that they offered Schwarber for Michael Fulmer to the Tigers. So I think it just goes to show that it really, a lot of times, it's not so much about which player is untouchable. It's about where you can find a deal that lines up because if they make that move they don't make this other move and they say hey Elo is our left fielder of the future so I, right. I think a lot of times we can overanalyze oh well, they said this is our guy well a lot of times it's just about the price you can get for any guy
2: but, then, but I would say though if they wanted to trade Schorber they could have traded him yes, and so that's, that's, that's the thing he's being asked about so I think it really was a matter of do we want to trade Schorber do we want to trade Jimenez yeah. and they decided to trade Jimenez that to me also is an indictment of the rest of their big league outfielders, specifically Jason Hayward, uh, they don't seem to have confidence but, that he can be better because they need Ian half
0: But the other point you made, though, that is true about this, Kyle, fielder. is that it is not an either-or from the standpoint of you are counting on this move is made in part to try to win a World Series in 2017. Kyle Schwarber can be part of a team that wins a World Series in 2017. As the Cubs will say we probably wouldn't have won it in 2016 without Kyle Schwarber, even though the, he played a grand total of...
2: That's the question, though. Can he? Because he doesn't look like the same guy this year that he was last year. Right.
1: And, and that's one of those things where, frankly, he doesn't look like it. And I think a lot of people out there are skeptical. And, you know, the Cubs, you hope, know their guy, know what he can do. and. A lot of times there's you know I mean he's coming off a major knee injury and I think we automatically assume that but he was oh, last he, year in the World Series right I know but, he was I, but, fresh but, but off it. right but it was also I mean how it was a grand total of six at bats seven at bats it's one thing it, well it was impressive yeah, well, he came back to the World Series no no roster. no I'm saying the World Series though was still limited at bats he DH he didn't play some of the games I feel like it it was impressive there's no toys about it right. but. Doing that versus, hey, let's go hold up an entire summer while running around the outfield and grinding through the heat.
2: Which is why I wonder whether he can be that guy. I mean, like he has not proven. Yeah. Even when he was healthy in 2016 and came up to the big leagues for them. You mean 15th? fifteen. He yeah. didn't hit great then. He got up to a great start. He hit for power. He hit 240. So what we've seen of Kyle Schwarber in the major leagues is a good player. Uh, But a player with a lot of potential. He's honestly not that different from Miguel Jimenez. He's a guy who we've seen a lot of potential for. He's a career half-war player in 555 plate appearances. I'm
1: not disagreeing Uh, with you. With a
2: 210, 326, 436 slash line. I'm not saying that he stinks. I know which Cincinnati-born left fielder I'd prefer, and that's Andrew Benintendi, not Kyle Schwarber. Give me the little guy over the big guy in this case. But for me... And again, I'm not around it like the Cubs are. I think there's a reason to have your doubts about Kyle Schwarber right now, and, and, and he is a, a real negative defensively.
1: And I completely agree, and that's why you see the Tigers say no to hey Michael Former for Kyle Schwarber with potential other pieces. The Tigers say no, not interested. That's a smart move on the Tigers' part, and you know the Cubs have to rearrange their priorities and say okay, well what we want a frontline pitcher. Mm-hmm. The White Sox weren't going to take Kyle Schwarber. What they wanted were prospects, and so you have to shift.
2: So I, I do wonder about that. I haven't asked anybody with the White Sox, but maybe they would, would. they take Kyle Schwarber? That's a club where Kyle Schwarber, even as a catcher, makes sense because they played Tyler Flowers there for several years. Hey, they hey, have hey, Omar Tyler Flowers. Fires, Tyler Flowers. Who okay, here's my new joke. Oh, Tyler Flowers in in uh, in Spanish is Omar Narvaez, who has three extra base hits this year and is the regular catcher for the White Sox. The White Sox desperation for a catcher is such that it's a little bit surprising that they didn't make this deal for Quintana and get a catcher back, but the Cubs really don't have one to offer. Victor Caratini is now their big league backup, and I don't know that he's an impact guy anyway.
1: And we talk about how often do we hear from scouts, the lack of catch and the lack of catch and the lack of catching in the minors. So it's tough to find regardless. but I think
2: Well, that's the thing. Actually, that's a whole other philosophical discussion I just had with the scout today. We've got to lower our expectations for catchers. Because oh, whoever thought that Omar Narvaez was a regular catcher, he shouldn't be, but he has a 340 on base as an everyday catcher right now in the major leagues. And that's this is where you see Hagen Danner, uh, who's drafted in the second round, and we talk about him as a right-handed pitcher most of the time, drafted as a catcher instead. This is why Max Pentecost, who didn't catch basically for two years, is a borderline top 100 prospect. Because he is catching like twice a week this year, <laughs> but he's catching. He's on that. He's on that. Hey, one day next th- four days, a and week. then we
0: got to throw in Alex Jackson, who's that's what like good day. Didn't catch for
2: two years. That's what I'm saying. Catching prospects are so hard to evaluate. I I mean, that well, is, you just that's what's the only thing when you
0: say Tyler Flowers. Tyler Flowers Tyler has has, has become forward. at age 30, 31 – An entirely different, like... You can use Cromulant on If you want to say that Tyler Flowers, we knew what Tyler Flowers was, you had this guy who was a light-hitting, can't-throw-anyone-out catcher, who now, all of a sudden, you look at him and say, like, if you want to talk about what, you know, again, like... Guys who could be
2: he's got a one twenty one OPS plus. I know! <laughs> that's shocking.
0: That's it's it blows me away.
1: One of my one of my favorite I, I've had different versions of this conversation, but the most recent one I had it was funny, was the scout that literally said, When I write up my reports, and as soon as I'm done the first thing is I go back and I automatically without thinking twice, add a half grade to every single catcher. Yeah without without and that's minimum. I mean it was just one of those things where I don't think about it. It's why I write what I think he is, and then I add the half grade automatically. But That makes sense. It's, by the way, I, I'm trying not to do this too
0: much while we do it, but Jeff Passon just came out saying White Sox best barter well, system. But I
2: have the, that's a, he he yeah. brings up a legitimate question I actually meant to ask you about this. So the, 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 the point that Jeff uh, brought up, that I think is a good point, the Braves system is much more pitcher-dependent than the White Sox, which gives you more of a and I disagree. certainty with the White Sox. You disagree that they're pitcher-dependent?
0: Under, the White Sox are the same thing. The White Sox have one, admittedly. We have
2: two top five position. Two top players. five
0: position players, and the and the Braves have two top twenty five because they have Acuna,
2: right, and nice. Alves,
0: okay, who are upper level guys again. Acuna and Cata. But okay, so we have so we have that. You have Luis Robert, you have Kevin Maiton, who's further away, but they're both both of they're, those they're guys in the
2: same bucket. Both sure.
0: of those guys fit, okay. There are other White know, Sox guys... I know you
2: don't believe in Zach Collins at all, and you're not huge on Jake Berger or The, the other White
0: Sox guys who are top 100 guys are the pitchers. It's Kopech. It's Giolito. It's Lopez. If you even go, like, if you go a little further down, it's Birdie. Alec Hansen. Alec Hansen. Alec Hansen. Dane Dunning. They are just as pitcher heavy. If you go the hitters, yeah, you could say Jake Berger, Gavin Sheets, Zach Collins. Again... Those are not – those are all guys in Berger and, and, and Sheets' cases. They are the just-drafted guys who
2: – you like them,
0: but they have to do something in pro ball before they become elite prospects. In Collins' case, the reality is, is – yeah,
2: yeah, probably, yes.
0: In Collins' case, the reality of is, is where he is right now, his stock is lower now, I think, without a doubt, than it was when he was drafted a year ago because the concerns that, that many scouts had about his hitting his back-to-ball skills – have so far, um, you know, have been kind of the, the case, and there are also a lot of questions about his ability to, to, to catch he does, defensively. He
2: does have an 800 OPS in his right, full season. I mean, I know he's hitting 222, but he has 61 walks. Right, I mean, he, he's so he's kind of like the opposite of Colin Rand. And he is a catcher, he, which he's so, a catcher, so we we, so we just, just we have to give him time.
0: But but what I'm saying though is, is that I do think that the value in both those systems. Yes, they they both have a few hitters. And they have a lot of pitchers, and so that's where I think there actually actually a lot of similarities. The difference being, again, by our rules as we do it right now, Sean Newcomb still counts for the Braves, and Sean Newcomb is in the big leagues. That's that's useful from that standpoint. Yes, they have the Braves have these weird 19-year-olds who are pitching well in Double A, which is hard to kind yes. of. And
2: right, a 19-year-old outfielder just has got promoted to Triple A, right? So, so People what I understand I'm, that one, but I mean, I guess the Braves are not afraid to challenge guys. I thought. I still think double A's looks like a challenge to him. I mean, he's striking out, well, you said 23% of his at-bats. Although that strikeout rate's not great.
0: Right. But he did... He was also putting up uh, one of the best... He was basically one of the best guys in that league. It's not
2: terrible to let him keep doing that. I, I think...
0: I mean, again, I do think the crazy part of it is is I didn't think this was possible before that long ago. But you talked about, like, if they ended up... Let's say that they got the right deal from Archaikis. I couldn't... Fathom this long ago, but the Braves have done this before. They did it 20 years ago, 21 years ago. Like, if you told me that they traded Marquecas and they said, you know what, we're going to see how what Acuna can do for the last month of the season, it wouldn't floor me anymore.
2: I'll tell you, I I still think uh, I like the Braves a little bit better. I think you uh, laid out that case pretty well but it's it's gone, gone close. oh it's and I'm saying it's i really close I am right now
0: saying like I predict that by the time the trade deadline's done we will have the White Sox as number one because I think that the White Sox aren't done yet and they can do more between now and July and July 31st than the Braves can and again the Braves depth I still think is significantly better I mean because again when you talk about the Braves and you talk about I'm just finishing their mid-season update you talk about the guys who can't crack that list and it's it's the pitchers from last year. You know, it's it's pitchers who are highly regarded from last year's draft class. It's Joey Wentz or uh, the other guy, that left hander
2: from Dallas. Kyle Muller. Kyle Muller, yeah, who you hasn't know, been great.
0: Who hasn't been great yet, but it's the guys like that. It's, you know, it's the AJ Minter, who's a reliever who will be good before long. He's guys like that. I didn't think they have more depth, but the White Sox is, man, It's it's been a.
2: And constantly advocate for the Padres. At one hundred. <laughs> no, one hundred. White Sox
1: and Braves are better systems. I, oh yeah. I, I, believe that firmly. The, but it's a one hundred right now. I mean, yeah. I it looks like on July thirty first. But, but the
2: Padres, the Padres, right. Dodgers, and Astros are really good farm systems. I do think. Oh, Chicago right. and Atlanta no, separate themselves. I do think
0: we also have to work. The Yankees are in there too. Yes, and the thing about yes, it is, is right. that is fascinating to me as we near trade deadline. Is I look at this and the Dodgers are, it's insane because they are far and away. They have everything, they are, they could be frightening. They they have to win some in the playoffs before this actually gets to this frightening level. But when you look at a team that has that many resources and is as good as they are at the big league level, and still has an outstanding, you know, a really good farm system, that's frightening. That said, like you look at them. (laughs) You look at the you look at them. The the only thing they have over the Astros as far as that the Astros have the the big league record that's basically the same I would say their farm system matches the Dodgers or maybe is better but the thing that the Dodgers have is is oh sure we need to take on fifty million dollars in this deal ah eh, whatever
2: I was actually going to say Clayton Kershaw is what the Dodgers have they have that too they have the financial yeah. but they also have Clayton Kershaw you know,
1: I, I do want to circle back and one of the things that we talked about briefly off you know earlier in the office was part of the reason you make this deal now as well for Quintana is the other starters on the block as we know it Aren't that attractive because it was going to be so son, well, well,
2: Sonny Gray, who's
1: obviously had some issues. Maybe
2: Marcus Stroman, if he's available.
1: I don't, you know, I I don't know how available he is. You look at Sonny Gray, you know, Chris Archer's not going anywhere because guess what? The season ends today. The Rays are in the playoffs, right. which no one seems to be talking about. The he season ends in
2: last place. That's why that's why I mentioned. Yeah, I uh, mean, I think I, think, I mentioned uh, Stroman. I don't
1: I don't know if that's a guy you move, especially when he's still so young and still so cost control. But you never again. Everyone has a price. I mean. You go back to it, and unless the Rangers decide to sell, and the reports are out there that they're going to see how these next two weeks go, and if they don't go well, then you could see a Darvish, then you could see a Hamels. But if you're a team that wants a frontline starter, <laughs> th- that would be huge. There's no two ways about it. But I can also see that if you team, you're a that, team, that would be fucked. If you're if you're a team that says we need an arm and we don't want to just wait and see what the Rangers do, because if they get back into it and keep those two guys, we're out of luck. Let's make the move now to go get the one guy who has health, has cost control, and has performance. Because right now, looking at the starting pitching market, there's not a ton of those guys out there that will be on the block.
0: I, I agree, and I do think – and the funny thing about it is is when you look at the teams that are out there, like when you look at the Astros, I, the only moves I can see the Astros making – are for pitching. Right. Like, I mean, Ga- like,
1: Garrett Cole's the other guy I was going through with right. Sonny Gray is guys who you'd think were, who would be big guys but they're struggling enough that it might make you pause a second and I think you can say Quintana is more attractive than those two based on what they're doing this season.
0: Right. Although I will say Garrett Cole is the one that does fit from the standpoint of at this point with Sonny Gray I would have no confidence that like like if you're the again if you're talking about the Astros cause to me the Astros are a team that they have the farm system and they haven't won you know, the reality is this is new. they is never
2: won a World Series ever. Right. They've they won a pennant once in like 55 so years. So this is
0: this is basically, and again, this is not an organization that's going to sacrifice years of the future for one push. But they don't have to. They've got enough talent. They're it's, like the Cubs. Right.
2: They have young, cost controlled talent, even if some of them don't know how to use Twitter properly. Come on, Alex Bregman, you're better than that.
0: You know, but but they they have but they also and they also have the ammunition where you can I was at a Franklin Perez start a couple you know, just a week or so ago. There was oh, some a lot of there. scouts there. Yeah. You know, and but it's like, okay, so do you want Franklin Perez or do you want Forrest Whitley? Or hey, we've got Kyle Tucker, we've got Derek Fisher. Again, you look at the Astros, this is a good situation to be in. I don't know what
1: they're gonna end up being able to trade for, but if you're at like And I think the Dodgers in the same boat where you hey, hey,
2: we can get, yeah, we can throw
1: you Alex Verdugo and Yadier Alvarez. And oh, and even but what do the,
2: the Dodgers really need?
1: And that's and that's the interesting thing, right? So, right now, their rotation has the best ERA, right. But you could also look at the bodies and say, Man, it'd be really nice to throw you Darvish out there in front of Clayton Kershaw in the postseason. That would be, or, or oh. right behind him, sorry, yeah. not, not in front, sorry, behind, no, right it's, behind it's that, that was himself just, himself no. Himself no that was just a, a misspeak, my bad. I mean, yeah. so. Okay on the one hand yes and the other thing with the Dodgers you have to remember is and we've seen this over the years do we really trust Rich Hill to not have a blister problem at the worst time of the year and but he's we, like their
2: sixth option right now in well, but I mean Wood right uh, Wood's, McCarthy, Wood's
1: been great but you know McCarthy's one, deep, one McCarthy, McCarthy, Hyunjin, McCarthy McCarthy Hurt Casimir Hurt um uh, Ryu hurt again.
2: I, I was wondering how much of the Dodgers guys are hurt and how much is it they're just saving them. Yes, absolutely. That, that's, that well, and that's absolutely it. Well,
1: well, well, it's funny, actually, mentioned that. During the All-Star break, Commissioner Rob Manfred yeah. spoke extensively about how He was very concerned about the manipulation mm-hmm. of the 10-day DL, and all the Dodgers writers in the room gave him gave each other a look. I mean, I think of, of all the teams that you look at and are, have some questions about, they're the ones, at least I think, Around the but, industry that get the most eyebrow raises. But it is
0: crazy though. that If you look at the, the Dodgers, is there a position a position player that you could see them acquire? Because it's hard for me to think of one. Like.
2: No, they have insane depth. That's the thing. Is the Astros to me need a starter? Right. Like to me, if you're the Astros, used pieces. To, to me, if
0: you're the Astros and you say if you add one starter, let's again one of these guys. Garrett
2: Cole. Gary Cole. Any of the guys we mentioned. That's the if I you agree, a, by but the if, way. You get yeah. a, if you had a Garrett
0: Cole and you More said if you said come, come UCLA. playoff time, all of a sudden it's going to be Keichel McCullers Cole.
2: Okay, Keichel Cole, Cole Keichel McCullers in the postseason. I mean, you want that power mother scratcher at the front of your rotation. But yeah, but no Festa Keuchel. But but, yes. but yeah,
0: but I'm saying, but those three guys, whatever order you put them in, you know, whatever order you put those three guys out there, and you do feel like then that you can then match up with most, you know, again, you I'm not saying if you're facing Kershaw that you're not going to be giving up something in that game, right. but, well, that's just the reality of, of life. The Cubs are going to, even after acquiring Quintana, the Cubs will be doing the same thing if right. they get to that point. And
2: we look at the Nationals, you're like, okay, we know what they need. They need a reliever. Why haven't they traded for David Robertson yet? You know, like, it doesn't make sense and they haven't made that I, if I'm the If I'm the
0: Nationals, like, I would be trading for, like, a guy like Robertson, and I, then you
1: for Robertson, I trade for Brad Hand. I'd see any as many arms as possible. They're not yeah. one bullpen arm they're away. Like three, yes. right? So and one of them, I do think you probably do count on that
0: one of them is coming from within. It's, yeah. It's it's Fetty, but you want again the crazy thing was the crazy thing Seth we're talking Romero.
2: about the crazy.
0: thing
1: Patty Pat and Pat division trade.
0: But but the crazy thing about the Dodgers is is that the Dodgers when you say this, the Dodgers have a closer who is the National League version of automatic. Yes. Kenley Jansen. I would say the aversion of
1: automatic, period. I would just, just say, Craig, I would
0: say Craig Kimbrell. I would need to say Craig Kimbrell, maybe even a. Like the
2: last two years, though, you have yeah. to a slight edge to, okay. to Jansen. Sure.
0: And also, he did show last year in the playoffs.
2: Ah, you need me to throw. Three innings, what whatever. Here, oh, here's a cutter.
0: You know what I'm coming after that? Here's a cutter. Everybody, <laughs> here comes. I'm throwing you the cutter. Strike oh, By the way,
2: if you stole second base, it's okay. I'll strike out the next three guys.
0: <laughs> um, but. The other thing is is that, and then the Dodgers, Annie McCullough tweeted it out today, look at Walker Buehler's usage patterns going forward because they're probably... Walker Buehler, I'm not saying it's a certainty, but if you told me that Walker Buehler ended up being one of the five best relievers in the playoffs, would
1: not surprise me in any way, shape, or form. And by the way, just independent of that the Dodgers bullpen ERA is also the best in the National League right. so it's, it's one of those things where they're a complete team but again if you know it'd be interesting to see I think how the Rangers end up performing these next two weeks will make a big difference because all of a sudden if you Darvish and Cole Hamels are on the market it's right. a different ball game but I think
2: well, what if Matt Bush goes on the market I mean they probably control Matt Bush but he's 31, 32 years old but how good that guy was so, in the playoffs I mean is his value ever going to be higher if you're if you're not good now um, I can't see, and if you don't think you're going to be great next year, I mean, like Hamels, to me, you hold on to Hamels and or Darvish as long as you can. But, because those guys are so hard to find. But, Their system but, has but, been but, but, now. but, but, but,
0: but, but. If Darvish goes, like, it's a question of, okay, there, it does seem like reading the Texas uh, media and all about this, there, there is some thought, like, okay, if Darvish goes, is that just clearing the decks for a Tommy. a certain other Japanese, Japanese right-hander star. who can also DH if you need him to?
1: And, again, there's always going to be a matter of there's a price for everyone. Really, we can speculate. The Rangers the only ones who know what that price is, and we'll find out. The, the other
0: point that we'll write about this at some point is whatever your team is, I mean, like, the thing that we do forget, we talk about the big deals, but on the other end of the spectrum, every team, the worst farm system in baseball, Marlins, (laughs) the worst farm system in baseball can make trades to land pieces that will help you. And I say this because that Angels team that... One ninety eight was it? 97 yes. that lost to the Royals? Games, 98. Yeah. 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 That Angels working. team, right. they had which, no starting pitching left by the end. Which was the most barren wasteland of a farm system, as you will see. <laughs> and they fixed their bullpen, because you can, if you're willing to take on a little salary here or there, Houston Street, great. They went out there, and they just found pieces. And they traded away, I don't and, think... And, and Trevor Gott. They got Trevor Gott in that yes. too. Great trade for them. Great trade. But... You can, it does not matter who you are. You can get some pieces, but it is something where the reality is, is the trade we saw today, only the big boys with the big boy farm system can make that trade. And there were very, if if you're in the Astros organization today, you can be asking the question of, should we have done that? You can be asked that the rest of the year because they have the ammunition to do it. But the reality of it is, is that there are other organizations out there where you can quite simply say, doesn't matter we weren't part of that conversation
2: let's wrap up by taking some reader questions uh via the twitter machine uh let's see here kevin lyon uh braves fan wants to know do we have the austin riley promotion of double a is a little aggressive austin riley of course 2014 i guess it was or 2015 2015 second round pick uh 252 310 408 line in the florida state league with 12 homers and 81 games for the florida Firefrogs, JJ. What do you think of the Austin Riley promotion? I do think that one. Like I
0: make the Cunio one makes more sense to me than the Riley one. I know I I I would I would have kept both of them. I'm I'm a little slower on the uh, on the promotion, but I'm not the farm director. But
2: John the Heart laughs at our timidity.
0: Right. I mean, (laughs) this is something the Braves have done, but at the same time, I I do think uh, with Riley, it would not surprise me to see him struggle in the second half in Double A. I could be, you know, obviously, it's we're only talking about 200 at-bats probably. And the Braves' viewpoint on that could be if he does struggle this year, it'll just help him for next year, double-A. But that one, I, I agree that that one surprised me more than the
1: Acuna one.
2: And uh, Bradley Evans asked, uh, any chances we see Acuna in the majors this year? We've kind of addressed that a little bit, Kyle.
1: Yeah, I, I would be surprised. Never say never. Yeah, I would exactly. not expect it.
2: Good way to put it. Uh, uh, your Polish friend, whose uh, Twitter handle is... Uh, a bit cheeky and I want to read over the air. Any insight on uh, Colby, uh, Mr. Colby Jack, uh, Colby Rasmus, stepping away from baseball? Uh, I haven't heard anything about Colby Rasmus, but I'll just say you know, wish him the best. Uh, his dad calling every player a joker has been a Baseball America joke and inside reference for the last 12 years. It's probably made its way out into this podcast, so I always have fond memories of those mid-2000s. Uh, what's that high school again, Searle County? Is that where he's from? Uh, no, no, no. Russell County, uh, Russell County, Phoenix
0: City, Alabama, that's which is it. Phoenix City and Columbus are the same that's city right. with a uh, basically with a uh, dividing line down the uh, state line between them.
2: Yes, but one of them gets the Alabama high school tag, so I don't give Georgia credit for uh, Tim Hudson because he was Phoenix City, Alabama, and then went to Auburn. So I that never gave Georgia. It's absolutely legit. So take that, Georgia prep pitching classes. Um, then a serious question from Jason. Uh, how does Alex Verdugo compare to Seeger, Bellinger, and Jock Peters as his prospects, Kyle? I'll tell you what, he's just not as athletic as those guys well, in my mind.
1: Well, those guys, so Seeger and Bellinger in particular were prime, prime prospects that, you know. Top ten. And, and you, the moment you saw them at High and Ranch Cucamonga, Bellinger took a little bit of time. By the end of the year, what he was doing, you saw it. You know, Verdugo is always a... He's more of a steady player. You know, the comparison that's been put on him before is Melky Cabrera. Really good player, hit over power. You can absolutely leave him in your starting outfield and be more than fine. But he's not that franchise generational player like Corey Seager, like a Cody Bellinger. So the ceiling's not the same. The risk is also not the same. Both those guys had some other things going for them. But Verdugo's a perfectly fine player. I think we'll see him in the major leagues, you know, contending for a 300 average. You know, not I like milking. Yeah, I mean, not, is he ever going to go out and hit thirty bombs? I mean, you say no, but there's a lot of other guys who I never thought would either. And you know, Freddie Galvez. In a world where Freddie Galvez can hit twenty home runs a season, anything's possible. Right. But I, I think overall, he's a perfectly fine player. But no, he's he's a, not Seeger, not Bellinger, and you know, Peterson. There's a little more to Jock in terms of power on base, you know, the total package, play center field. But Alex is a really, really good player who. He could play center field. Um, Verdugo
2: but, versus Pete, Jack Peterson. There's two very different ways of getting right. to being a big league regular. I'm not sure Jock Peterson's ever going to hit for enough average and like you know, be consistent enough. He's just right. a streaky player. And, and I think to Verdugo, be a star, and I think and Verdugo may not ever have enough power to be a star.
1: Right. So to me, they're different players. Same general concept of you can start them in your outfield and be perfectly fine. Neither of them are ever going to be the guy you build around and be that generational By talent. The way, I don't
2: think Verdugo has enough tasks to go around for all four players. How
0: how crazy is it? The Dodgers have had injuries this year. Like, we're talking about this, and you're sitting there, and I'm like, man, they're doing this, and it's just a reminder. They've had guys who they've lost for the year. I mean... Andrew Tolles. Andrew Tolles. Adrian Gonzalez. Urias. Urias. And it's like, ah. I mean, this is the, the, again, the value of having a great
1: farm system and $300 million. and, And that's where the depth comes in, and that's where the combination of, you look back at the Dodgers drafts, they've drafted pretty well, and then on top of it, while they've spent almost a quarter of a billion dollars on Cuban signings, and 99% of them haven't worked, they have been able to acquire some other guys through international scouting, particularly their new group. Um, they've, They've got, and that's where, you talk about building a franchise and building an organization, because injuries happen, they always are gonna happen, and you have to build that depth. And so to me, that in some ways, and having the financial Muscle to do it is a big part of the Dodgers' success, but also there have been teams with money before that have no idea how to spend it. So I do give the Dodgers some credit for being wise about we need to build a major league product, but that doesn't mean we skimp and ignore what's going on at the lower levels to build that needed depth. Oh, no, we I've even, about, we even talk about
2: Edwin Edwin Rios. I mean, one of their breakout guys who's like. Yep. prospect. Now we asked, hey, who are the best hitters you face? Like, two different pitchers said, Edwin Rios." By the
1: way, DJ Peters leads the California League in home runs. Is six five and jacked, and oh by the way, is playing center field really well. Yeah, I got a just 55, a guy you never talk about. I got
2: fifty five defense on today. I got a plus arm, and I got uh, plus run times out of the box from a scout on on DJ Peters today. And that's who's a- also like the subject of our next podcast, which is going to be like this the uphill swing podcast. We just should call our podcast the Swinging Uphill podcast because it's the it's the new launch angle swing everyone swings uphill DJ Peters is apparently one of them and maybe the reason I don't think about DJ Peters as an elite prospect is 118 strikeouts and 316 Uh, at I'm not saying he's
1: elite but when that's like that's stupid strikeouts right but it's you know but again when that guy is maybe your 15th to 20th best prospect a guy who can play a good center field leads league in home runs and is like a good body, good, yeah, good every like when that's your 20th prospect,
0: you're a really good system. The, the, that's the thing that does jump out to me as we're doing these midseason updates is, is that the, the the gulf between the really good system and the bad ones is really can be summed up in one way is, is there are organizations where you're riding the 10, because we do 10 at midseason, we do rising, falling and other things too, but we limit it to 10. And you're at 10, you're like, man, I want to get this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. And then there are other orgs where you get to eight, and you're like, I've well, got to put two more guys in this list. Well, one
2: of those is uh, Tom Quinlan asked me about it, uh, where we rank the White Sox and Cubs farm systems after today's big trade. And uh, you know, obviously, we've ranked the White Sox. The yin the and Sox, the yang. But the Cubs, who's their number one prospect right now? I think it's probably Jose Alberto's. Right now, Victor uh, Caratini is eligible. He hit three forty in AAA. He's a switch hitting catcher. Who's solid, power, but but he's a solid defense. He could really catch. He's a good receiver, and blocker. He does not throw well.
0: Um, Tyler Flowers says, I approve of right. this message. So,
2: I would say Albertos, Thomas Hatch would be in that is, mix. Is, also, is
1: De La Cruz still around?
2: He's had a bad year and he's hurt again. You and got Alex Lang, you got Mark Zagudas. But was Lang which... Lange and Brandon Little. Brandon Little went first and signed for more money. Yeah. Uh you got Adbert Alzalay. I like Adbert. You got I uh, love Adbert being but, a but, game, but, but, with but I think we can all agree. This you is got,
1: probably a bottom ten system.
2: It's a bottom ten system for sure. You got Adaman, uh I forget his first name. The little short stuff. Oh, I like him, yeah.
1: But, but he's you, really good. But but here's the thing. This is what sometimes like when people say, Oh, our farm system, you know, stinks now. If your farm system stinks because you graduated a ton of big league studs and, and then used and they and then used the traits. They to also
2: be, graduated Ian Happ and Albert Almora this year. Right. And
0: there is when you talk about Cubs Wait, position more, right? the Cubs position players, barring catastrophic injuries, what position are the Cubs going to need a guy to step in and play in eighteen or nineteen? Right. It's There's unlikely. not
2: one. Like, even if Jason Vosler or David Bode from AA Tennessee turn into legit guys, where are they going to play? They're not going to dislodge Javi so, so uh, Baez I, I, and Chris Bryant. So,
1: basically, we talk, you know, not not all bottom ten systems are equal. The way the Marlins are a bottom, you know, if, if, you, if you want to say the Cubs are bottom five, that's just for theory's sake— the way the Marlins are a bottom five is very different than the way the Cubs Correct. are a bottom five. The way the Cubs have become that way is totally acceptable. Now, over the long term, yes. You yeah, want to draft well. You want to right. build it up. But right now, don't worry about it.
2: But like there are other guys who are like, all of a sudden, like David Bodie and v- v- V-Mail Machine and Justin Steele, who was part of that 2014 draft class, that really nice year. Uh, some of those guys all of a sudden become really important yeah. players for the Cubs, if not for their big league roster, then, okay, we need uh, Isaac Paredes to be good so we can trade him next year. We need Carlos Sepulveda to pick it up so we can trade him next year. So, uh, of course, the Cubs are, again, very aggressive in Mexico again this year. So. And, Ben, John, you
1: didn't answer the question. Who's number one? Make, make the call. That's I, I said. I think it's Jose Albertos. I think it is. Okay. I think
2: it's Jose Albertos.
0: And the other thing about this is is that we do a lot of July 2 coverage, and I think it's probably a good way to wrap it up, which is, is that – when you talk about how important is... By uh, we
2: we mean Ben. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes, we mean Ben. Ben Battler. I mean, the rest of us help as necessary, but... But we, the great
0: thing is, is it's kind of uh, plug and play.
2: All of us really are able to, like... When we do top 30s in the fall, we're able to ask about those guys. We get more information that builds into it more. But Ben the, lays the foundation. We're,
0: we're standing on the top of the mountain, and the mountain yes. of information has been built by Ben.
2: It just keeps growing. It just It's like it's like those uh, trash mountains in the beginning of Idiocracy, where they just keep on <laughs> dumping and keep on dumping. They haven't ever collapsed yet. We're still like in the year 2030, 2355.
0: But, but the point being that you look at what the Cubs did, which at the time was the somewhat revolutionary idea of, I think the Rays did it first, but you know what? We're just gonna blow through our allotment because it's worth it to sign Eloy Jimenez and Glaber Torres and some other guys, and then we will take the penalty that goes with it. And you look at this and it doesn't necessarily have to be that these guys end up playing for you at the big league level. Those two acquisitions have been as crucial for where the Cubs are in 2017, yes. as pretty much any draft pick that they've had,
2: could the Cubs have won the World Series last year if they had not signed Glaber Torres? I mean, maybe, but, but maybe they've traded probably, for him by tra- trading someone else, like a uh, Kyle Schwarber, who would have helped them with the, who helped right. them win the World Series. I would World say that I football. would say
0: when you consider the margin of error that they had, and that Aroldis Chapman did pitch two key innings for them in the game that decided it,
2: mm-hmm. I'd say no. I agree. Good podcast, everybody. Thanks for the questions to our listeners. I want to thank our followers for listening. And again, our podcast is sponsored by Baseballism. Visit Baseballism.com for the best apparel in baseball. Enter the code BA2017 and receive 20% off your next order. For JJ and Kyle, I'm John. We'll see you on the next Baseball America podcast. So long, everybody. This concludes our program. Visit BaseballAmerica.com for more podcasts.